Lord, help us lean in. Help us get established. Establish our footsteps in the word, Lord, because it changes everything. Everything. We love you. And thank you for being with us this morning. Precious in the name we pray. Amen. to believe it's Sunday, but what a glorious morning. Um, I don't know if I have like black streaks running down my face because I just had a moment with Jesus there. And um, so if I do, just let it be the marks of love for Christ there on my face and you'll be all right <laughs> to look at it like that. But goodness, you know, just sometimes his goodness just overwhelms us and Seeing you singing and seeing the fruit that has come out of this weekend. Um, I've shared this with a couple people, but going into the week, I said to my husband several times as we were just pressing to get everything done, and I just said, I'm really asking the Lord this week, is this all worth it? And I need him to answer that for me. And last night I sent him a text and I said, you just wouldn't believe the glorious day that we've had here. Too much to text, but let me just tell you, I, I got to baptize two women in the ocean today. One was a part of our group and one wasn't. And I said, there's so much more to come with all of that. But I said, in answer to my question, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And all of that and a hundred, a host of hundreds of other things that I've just seen God stamp and touch. And I'm sure I don't even know the half of what he's been doing in our hearts. Um, my heart has been to have a moment with each of you. And I know that hasn't always happened. It doesn't always happen. And I just trust God for those. But I know you've had moments with him. And I know you've had moments with each other. And that's what matters the most. And, and I want, when you leave here, it is my prayer that you leave here talking about Jesus, right? He is going to have preeminence. We wanted him to have preeminence in this house. We also want him to have preeminence as you leave. Surely you're going to tell your family about some of the, oh, we ate this and it was so good, and wow, this house, and all those things, all those things that are the other blessings. But the preeminent part of your conversation and what you tell them and what you're telling yourself and the people around you about this weekend is Jesus right? Jesus, because hopefully he has caught your gaze and put you in that stunning place of awe and wonder. And I know he's done that for all of us in so many ways. And I'm so, so grateful for that. I want to take just a minute to just thank uh, our team for serving. If you could just give it up for them. They serve with such humility, such sacrifice. You've had a front row seat to it, but again, you probably haven't seen the half of what they, or even a quarter of what they've had to pour out to be here, um, all the work they did beforehand. And yet, I know for each and every one of them, it is their joy and they love doing it. And to see people operating in their roles of service is just a beautiful thing. It's very humbling. Um, to see people pour out like that and know that I really don't have anything that I can give them. I've tried before and I do have a gift that I'm going to give them later that I'm excited about. But, you know, um, 
I know that I can't give them anything. Sometimes I joke with um, people that serve alongside with us and I say, you know, you're going to get extra jewels in your crown in heaven. But here's the thing about the people that serve with us. They're going to take those crowns and lay them right at the feet of Jesus. That's the kind of people that they are. And I'm so, so grateful for our team. So thank you to every one of them. And thank you. You know, it, you've been amazing participants in this weekend. And, and there's, there's a level that comes with that too because people can come and be like, you know, and you haven't been that way at all. Each one of you had joined in. We asked you to join in on Thursday, and, and every person here has joined in with vigor and zeal and seeking God. And there is just glory in the house when that kind of stuff happens, right? Yeah. I also want to give a big thank you to Nikki Pankratz because she worked her tail off, and she was a participant like the rest of you. She made all those cups, and she made all those jackets, ladies. So let's give it up for her. thankful for her and the way that she just stepped in and used her giftings and just 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 love it so so here we are at Sunday morning and I love that because it means we just have a lot of treasure stored up in our heart that we didn't have when we came right but it also means that this is our last gathering time so we want to use it well it's going to definitely be much briefer than our other ones have been but we we are here to be in god's word being his presence so we start from the beginning that way and we end our time together that way as well and i pray that this last gathering time is going to be a wonderful way to really move us all forward from this great weekend continuing to gaze at him so one of the things that we've been doing all weekend is gazing at his glory and we've been on the lookout to see that as much as we could and and we've done that with glory cards okay and that's been a fun way to just get those pathways in our brains uh, started there are still some glory cards in the bowl and that's fine but maybe some of you will grab a handful of them as you leave and continue to look for the glory and maybe even hide them around your house you know and and have one to talk about at dinner each night you know say I put one in the in somewhere in the house somebody find it and you know I mean be creative ask God for creative ways to stir up the glory of God in your house too right and there I mean I don't even know I can't even remember how that idea happened it's just and it's always interesting to me for these weekends like God will give us a word like hope or he gives us the word glory and I sometimes I write it on a napkin and it sits on my desk for two months and we're just asking God and then I get to the end of this weekend and I'm like God from one word you built all of this and sometimes I'm like, I don't even remember how you told us how to do that, but we just did, or you gave us this piece and this piece, and then it all comes together, and glory. we watch you, glory, glory, hallelujah. Yes, it's just so amazing to live in that kind of provision from our great Jesus. But we've been doing those glory cards, so I just invite you to, to ask God, how could I continue that, you know? But, you know, the real prize that we've had is in reading those glory cards and writing them and taking time to meditate. What did that, how was that glorious to me? And, and, and what did that do? And what do I remember? And all of those things. I mean, you could even take some of those glory cards and like post them every now and then. Take one and take a picture, post it on your, on your you know, social media things or whatever. Get conversations, stir up the glory, ladies. You know, God's poured it in you, stir it up around you. So the real prize has been getting the glory, right? And having that. So we all are winners, but we do have a prize for whoever found the most glory cards, okay? So I'm gonna say this. Let's say if you have, now, and these are glory cards, not that you wrote and kept. These are glory cards that you 
pound and then took it, all right? So if you have 10 or more, stand up. 10 or more. Yep, yep, yep. Take a stand. All right. 10 or more. Count them out. Count them out. All right. So if you have 15 or more, stay standing. Sorry if you have to sit down. Okay. If you have 20 or more, stay standing. All right, so, so who's, I, yeah, okay, I got, Kelly, are you still standing? Okay, Jessica, are you still standing? Okay, all right. So, um, let's go, what did I say, 20, 25 or more, stay standing. Whoa! All right, so let's say 30 or more, stay standing. Oh, okay, stand back up. So, 26 or more, 27 or more. 28 or more? Oh, you do. Okay. No. All right. That's okay. That's okay. I got a plan. So, my plan was. Dance off. No. No. I don't want to do the Bible verse. Can I use your pen? All right. Don't All right. So stand back up. I have a number written on this glory card. Amy, you too. All right, so um, I, one of you can go first. I don't care. Pick a number. Between, did you say between? Oh, um, between 1 and 20. <laughs> and it's the closest one. The closest over? Or Either way, closest one. 12? You win. <laughs> the number was seven, so. All right, so we have this cup that I made and it says glory, glory, hallelujah. And it looks like God knows, he's good. Jody, I'll make you a cup sometime, girl. <laughs> all right, so that's fun. But we're all winners, right? We're all winners. We, we've got the glory, and we're gonna stir it up. So, we've been settled in that verse all weekend, Hebrews 1, 3, and we know that verse, right? So we're gonna say the whole thing all together. And he is the radiance of his glory, and the exact representation of his nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. Ladies, I hope that means so much more to you now than it did when you started. There's so much truth put on display in front of us distinct things about Jesus in that verse. Let's review them. We saw the radiance of his glory and we cried out on Thursday night, Lord, show us more. I'm drawing near. I'm getting close. 
We saw the glory of his nature as some of his divergent excellencies were just put on display in front of us, right? And they deeply impacted us with awe and wonder. We got to see the glory of his power yesterday morning, and we were encouraged to know that he holds what? All things. He upholds all things by his word. And then last night, we got to just bask in the atonement of our sins and why he did that. Can somebody say glory? Glory. glory. Hallelujah, yeah. right? He purified us. And the, when we know why he did that, it shifts things in our hearts. But this morning, we've added that very last line. He sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. And we're going to call that the glory of his position. Now we already learned it, right? But okay, we already learned it in the dance, but we're going to talk about it this morning. So let's take a moment and just copy that down in our journal. That last line, he sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. So what you just wrote down, it tells us where Jesus is positioned now. And we're going to take just a few brief moments to talk about that. And just like our other times, if you want a note page, it's right there in your folder, that last one. So the glory of Jesus' position. And I love that the Bible is very clear for us about where Jesus is, okay? That he took his place beside the Father in all his majesty. And there's a lot of glory in that truth. Again, many ways that we could talk about the glory of that. Because Jesus is the only one that gets to take that spot. So that's a distinct reality in the kingdom. But when we really behold that side of him, it should impact us in a lot of ways. But the way that we're going to talk about it this morning, the impact that we want to focus on as we go forward from this place is the impact of hope. So as we gaze at Jesus, let's look at why does his position there bring us hope? And I have a few ideas here that I'm going to share, but I imagine as you continue to ponder that, as you go forth from this place, there's more than this. Hope will rise up in your heart. First of all, that's a position of distinct authority. The, the throne room of God is a very glorious place to be. I mean, I've never physically been there, but I've been there spiritually many times. We are invited in there, and we're going to talk about that a little bit too. But the throne room is so glorious for lots of reasons, but one that's very obvious is it's, it's a place of authority. It's a place where the one true God of the universe reigns. All decisions for the universe come out of that room, right? They're put into effect. They affect generations for all of eternity. And the truth of the matter is there has never been nor will there ever be a higher place of authority than the throne room of God and when we even just sit in that for a moment and consider that most sacred space 
Of course, there's awe and wonder, right? In fact, the Bible tells us that around the throne, there are angels who are filled with worship in continual worship that never stops because a holy, not a holy, the holy, our God is seated there on the throne ruling the universe. And now Hebrews 1 is telling us Jesus, who we know, in a tender relationship way, is seated in that throne room too. Now, being at the right hand of a throne usually makes you, this is a full mouth here, the primary executive official in charge of government affairs, okay? That's, that's the technical thing. If you're seated at the right hand of the throne, you are the primary executive official in charge of government affairs. But we also know from other places in scripture that for Jesus, his position there is even more than that because it's one of a king. He is the honored king of kings in that throne room. So in and of itself, Jesus' position there at the right hand of his majesty on high is filled with so much glory. But part of the glory of him being there has an aura of hope to it when we really stop and think about what that authority means for us. See, when you're in a bad way, when you need help, when you, you, what do you do? You reach towards somebody who has some say-so, right? Who has authority. I mean, you can reach out to the nicest, kindest servant in the world. I mean, they can be sweet as syrup, but if they don't have any authority, many times they're going to say, oh, bless your heart, especially if they're from the South, but they can't really do much to help you, all right? They don't have the provisions or the access to them that you need. But for people who are in authority, they got connections, right? They've got resources, they've got power, they've got knowledge. So that's why we reach out to people who are in authority because we know they've got the ability to make things happen. Jesus, our savior, ladies, we know this, we've looked at this, but let's connect this to hope. He is no longer in the grave. He's no longer fighting religious leaders. He's no longer battling Satan even. He's in the throne room of heaven and he's seated beside the God the Father and he's ruling, ruling with ultimate authority. And don't you just love it when the one who is in authority, the one with the say so, the one who can make things happen is good and he's kind and he's full of blessing. Of course we do, right? We look for that. We, we, we gravitate toward that. I can remember when my son Sam was born, Stephanie's husband now, right? So it's weird for me still to say that, but it's so good. But he was born in Seattle, and, and I lived there with his birth mother for two weeks waiting for him to be born, and that's a whole other story in and of itself. But we got to know each other pretty well because of that. And I had never been away from Mackenzie, um, really, and she was four and a half, and I was thinking they were gonna be right on my heels coming out there, and so I was all the way in Seattle and disconnected from her for two weeks. So it was, it was a really hard time, but it was a glorious time too as we were waiting for him to be born. But the night that his birth mother ended up in the hospital for his birth, we were there all night, and uh, there was this nurse who was in charge. She was the authority in the room, on the floor, all of it. And let me tell you, she was something else. Really and truly, she was just mean. She was just mean. She had a scowl on her face, she was harsh, she was abrasive with her words. I mean, there was not any ounce of tenderness in her at all. 
And I remember in the early morning hours, as the early morning hours dawned, and this Nazi nurse had been in the room barking out all the stuff, you know, and she walked out the door and closed the door. And I looked at Sam's birth mother, and she just had tears just rolling down her face, and she said, I cannot give birth with that woman in this room. Mm -hmm. Now, Sam's birth mother had just become a believer, like months before this. And so it was interesting, again, God upholds so many things, but earlier that year, I had been asking God and really praying about going on this mission trip with this, this lady who was in ministry, and it, did, and it didn't work out, but one night when I was sleeping on her couch for those two weeks, and it was in Seattle, and it was summer, and so the sun was still really bright at like 11 o'clock at night, which I was like, just go away, because I want to sleep, you know? But normally I love the sun, but I remember the Lord said, um, this is your mission trip you wanted to be on. And, you know, so he just, he gives us those perspectives. But I had spent, you know, I, so I really tried to, even as I was just dying being away from Mackenzie, because I had never been away from her and hadn't even planned to be. And I was like, oh, Lord, my husband, is he even dressing her or what, you know? I mean, you know, you know how that goes when you haven't made provision for that. But anyway, he did. They, nobody died, and they did all right. But, um, oh, my goodness. When she got off the plane later after he had been born, and I, I had to take her. This was the first time she was going to meet his birth mother. Um, face to face of course she had seen pictures of her but you know that was kind of like the picture of what kind of a mom I am and she had a like ponytail going this way I mean I was like oh I didn't have a brush with me or anything I'm like we're in the car and I'm just like trying to clean her I was so precious but good good memories right but anyway we had it all worked out but we um you know I had spent those two weeks just just ministering to her and and I, I sensed when she said that about I can't give birth with her in the room, I sensed, you know, what can I do? I have no authority. And the only one who's in authority is this mean nurse. <laughs> what am I going to do? And I was upset too because this was a sacred moment for me. I had walked a very hard journey of infertility. And to be invited into this room, I, I wanted this to be a special time. And I wanted, I knew how tender it was for, for her and all of those things. And so the only thing I knew to do, and I thought this will be good for her, we just got to call out to the one in the throne room who has some authority, right? So I took her hands and, and I told her, I said, you know what? The only thing I know to do is pray. We've been talking about Jesus while I've been here. I said, so we're just going to pray. And we're going we're gonna to ask him. So I grabbed her hands and I started praying. And I said, Lord, would you please just bring us a kind nurse? Would you bring someone who is going to be tender and helpful and joyous and make this time what you would have it to be? And I said, we are trusting you, God. And I am not exaggerating, not one bit. This is exactly what happened. I said, amen. The door opened and this bright, bouncy, blonde nurse walked in the room and this is what she said. She said, hi, I'm Sunshine and I'm your new nurse today. I'm not kidding. Her eyes got this big and I said, glory, glory, hallelujah, right? And she was more than Sunshine. She was a traveling nurse and she... I mean, the fact that God would have her there, like that's not even where she worked. And on top of that, she had worked in many situations with adoption. And not only did she minister to her, but she ministered to me and brought me into that experience in such a glorious way. 
God is so faithful. And when we know him, and I don't always get answers to prayers like that, ladies. There's been seasons where I've prayed for years and years and years, right? But there are times when he just says, sure. <laughs> and from that throne room, he just does what he does. Our hearts were so happy and so hopeful for two reasons because we had this nurse, right, who's now in authority, and she was kind, and she was amazing. But it also spoke not only to my heart, but to her heart as well. He really is up there. Like, there's no way that could have happened. No way that glory could have flooded that room. So that's one reason. It's a place of authority, and we need to know that, and that should give us hope. But also there's hope in him being there because the Bible tells us he is for us. He's for us. Last night, we saw very clearly that the purification of our sins was so that he could release his lavish kindness on us. The sunrise from on high is seated on the throne with all authority, and his heart is bursting open with kindness, with goodness, with benefit, with blessing. What did it say in Ephesians 2, 7? The surpassing riches of his kindness. The world at large may be crazy, losing its mind out there. Our own personal world might feel crazy, but we can always look up and see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling there with authority. And the more we, it's not just about seeing his authority, it's we know his heart. We know that it's lavish and kind. And that should only make hope grow on the inside of us even bigger and better because he is so kind. He is so good, so full of benefit toward us. I teach about this often. I'm not going to get into it too much. It wasn't even in my notes, but I just feel like this needs to be said. You need to draw a line in the sand where you never, ever, ever, ever question the goodness of God. If the enemy can get you to question the goodness of God, he can take you off that narrow path and set you on a wide path where people are pondering who knows what comes from hell, right? And that lands you in a place of destruction. The Bible is very clear. The wide path leads to destruction. So it's easy path. It's the path of our flesh. It's the path of our emotions that just naturally go there. And you're going to walk on that path with the rest of the herded people in the world. And you're going to land at the end and you're going to see destruction. Or you can do the work to squeeze your way through and believe that God is good and get on that narrow path however you have to do it, but you never question that, ever. And the Bible says the narrow path leads to life. So you squeeze your way through and then you land and there's this, right? There's all of this. The path, the narrow path, and part of that narrow path is never questioning the goodness of God. And when you know that he is good and that he is on the throne and that he is good to you, sometimes we question his goodness. Sometimes even more we question, okay, well, maybe he's good for everybody else, but he's not good for me. You're still questioning his goodness. He's good. He loves you. He died for you. Stop questioning that. Get over that. You're going to be stuck in so many places or led to destruction if you question that. It's just got to be a non-negotiable in your life. And it'll change so much for you if you can do that. And you can. You can. His glory will help you. The third thing, he will always be positioned on that throne. See, you don't have to wake up and wonder if Jesus is off today. If he got sick or had a bad night or slept in. 
You don't have to wonder if he's taking a break today or on vacation. Sometimes the best thing to do, I've said this so many times in the last couple of years, just look up and see the glory of Jesus. He's still there. He is still on his throne. I've heard so many people say that in the last two years. I don't know, but Jesus is still on the throne. I'm not sure what's going on, but Jesus is still on the throne. Now, we may not know when he's going to move that hand or raise that scepter or exert his authority on our behalf. We may not know how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it, what he's going to do when he does, but we have hope because we know he's there, right? He's in authority with kindness, and he's always, always, always going to be there. It is an eternal position. And one more thing I want to mention about his position is that there's hope because there is more of his glory to see. Do you remember when you arrived on Thursday that during our first gathering time I said, although Hebrews 1.3 gives us so much to look at about Jesus' glory, there's plenty there, trying to contain Jesus' glory in one Bible verse is like somebody trying to catch the rays of sunshine in your hand. It, it can't be done. We said that Thursday night. So we have gazed at some of the glories of Jesus this weekend. But we need to look ahead, ladies, because now that you are women on the lookout, the Lord has so much more to show you from his glorious position on his throne. And here's something that should boost your hope even more. Not only is Jesus on the throne room, but the Bible tells us that you are there too. We actually read that last night. We didn't center in on it. I told you we were going to pass by a bunch of glories. Didn't even have time to look at all of them. And that was one of them. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says he raised us up with him. And he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. That's our position too. We are physically on this earth, but we are in the throne room because we're in Christ and he's in us. When you take communion, just ponder that. It'll, it'll give you hope. It'll stir that hope up on the inside of you. The glory of Jesus' position. He gave us an invite to be there. When we're in that throne room, we can gaze. We can find help. We can find fellowship. We don't have to be lonely. We, we, we can learn the secrets of heaven. You know, there's a verse in Psalms. I was telling our small group, craft time group, about that the other day. You know, and it was really came alive to me when we were doing a, um, a year-long online Bible study called Soul Pilates, and we had these scripture cards. And it's my favorite one of all of them. It sits on my desk. And it's just this woman, and she's just kind of looking out, and she's saying, Lord, please tell me your secrets. There's a scripture in Psalm. I can't remember exactly where it's at right now. But, you know, we can know the secrets of God. I think he reserves those secrets for the people who draw close, say yes, want to get off with him, just like Peter, James, and John did, right? I want to know the secrets of God. So if I'm on the front row seat in that throne room, and you better believe I'll kind of, because, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I'm doing as I say, no, I'm not going not gonna to spend my time doing that. I'm not going to spend my time doing that. I'm going to draw near to Jesus. I want to be in the throne room and up close because I want to know the secrets. I want to know the knowledge of heaven. Colossians tells us that, that the Lord will reveal to us the mysteries. It, it talks about the administration of the gospel. You know what? If you were to walk into the offices of heaven and able to open that big old file drawer, you could go through all the files and read all of it and understand it. That's the administration where all the details are. God wants you to know those things. You find those things out in the throne room of heaven. We get to be there. And we see so much glory when you get to go in the inside place, behind stage. You know what I mean? Like you get the, you get to, you're on the front row, but you get to 
that access, that backstage access. That's kind of what it's like to be in the throne room of God. And the Bible tells us this too in Corinthians. So many scriptures we didn't even really have time to look at. But it says this. It says, we now with unveiled face. In other words, the Lord has taken the veil away. He's cleared the fog so we can see. You know what it says? It says we're looking at Jesus and then we start to get changed from one glory to the next glory to the next glory. It's like God takes that junk out of your life and says, no, not that this and he puts glory inside you and then no not that this and glory after glory you just start living in glory you start living in glory i wasn't going to say this either <laughs> but i and i haven't told i literally haven't told anyone this and it just dropped in my heart and i know the lord wants me to say it it's kind of a weird thing to share but it has been so weird for me over the last couple of months i've been basking in this stuff and i I go out places and I have never in my life had so many people coming up to me and I mean just like I'm just like looking at something in TJ Maxx or picking out you know apples off the thing or whatever they'll say you are just a radiant woman I mean I, I can't even tell you how many times that's happened to me like they'll use that word or you know just you know the future you're just beautiful there's something about you and I haven't even known what to do with that. Like, I didn't even tell my husband that. Because it feels like I, I knew it wasn't me. After a while, I just started laughing. I'm like, God, this is so fun. Like, like and it, I mean, I would say it does make you feel a little good, you know? Because I'm getting ready to be 56, and I don't always feel like that. But I was like, I, I feel like what Moses was experiencing. And, and all it was, sometimes my role forces me, you know, to, to do the thing. Cause it's like, Oh no, they're coming in three weeks. I gotta have something to say, God, tell me, you know? So I, you know, I'm just like you, I struggle, I resist all of that too. But I, I'm just saying that has been such a lesson for me that glory starts overtaking you. It really and truly does. And people see it even when you don't know them. It, it, it's just really been um, just a, a lesson that I'm still pondering. I'm not even sure what to do with. But I say that to encourage you, you know? I mean, we buy all these creams and all these different things, but just have <laughs> Jesus take care of you. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah, right? So the thing is, you get in the throne room. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what he's going to do. I'll take it if he wants to do that. But he just changes us from glory to glory on the inside out. And it is a beautiful thing to behold. But we want to send you forward this weekend um, with the provisions to sit well in the throne room. Okay? So we, we want you to experience the reality of that front row seat that you have in the throne room. And so we have one last gift that we're gonna give you, and so the ladies are gonna pass it out to you, okay? You don't need to open it up. We package it so that you can easily take it home, but I'm gonna show you what's in it, and I wanna talk you through that, okay? I'm gonna talk you through it. So I'm gonna give them a moment, because I know you're going, and you won't be listening to me. Huh? Nicole? Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know she did. Yeah.
if you can kind of just quiet down and I'll talk you through what's in it, okay? So the very first thing you're gonna see, can I just hold one of those? The very first thing you're gonna see is a glory tag. We gave you one last one. They all say the same thing and it says glory, hope because King Jesus is on his throne, okay? So, right here, right here. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Rebecca. So that's the first thing, all right? But I wanna share with you um, the other things that are in there and then you can just keep yours packaged to easily take home. And then you'll have a present to open when you get home too, right? All right. But the very first thing that um, I'm gonna show you is a Bible study that we're giving you, okay? There might be a handful of you that did this with us in 2017, but the Word of God is alive and active, right? So this was from a Bible study event that we held that summer. It was a Bible study I wrote. It's six lessons from the Gospels, and it's called Jesus Up Close and Personal. And it takes you through using a Bible study tool that we've created called Bible Study 101, all right? And there's actually a YouTube video, video on our YouTube channel, Established Footsteps Ministry, that if you've never used that tool before, we'll teach you how to do that. But there's just several different movements that you go through in this study. And literally, it works in a way that you could do one and then come back, you know, another time maybe and do another one. It's just six interactions with Jesus. And so we encourage you to use this resource. So that's one of the things that's in there. Another thing that's in there is something that has just become super precious to me over the last, I would say, year and a half or so. Kim from our kitchen staff, her, she and her husband actually gave this book um, to me. My copy's in my backpack and it's a lot more worn. This is a brand new one. But I very, very rarely give books or recommend books because I know that the calling on my life is to point you to something that looks like a book but isn't a book at all. It's the living, active Word of God. And many times, I shared with you the other night, we eat so much processed food, okay? But this is really, really good, wholesome processed food, okay? This is, this is so rich. And I wanted to tell you about it versus you just opening it on your own because I would really recommend use, utilizing this resource and maybe even taking you know, three, four months, maybe even a year to read it. The first time I read through, I literally would read one line, one or two lines, and it would just hit me so deeply or I would wait till I would get to a scripture. And then I would take it and I would really get into the scripture. I have a holy reverence for God's word that I try really hard when I'm reading a book not to just gloss over the scripture references. And I think that's what we do. And I think that's why processed food in the kingdom of God is so not good for us sometimes. Because we as humans, we as sheep, know how to eat our way off a cliff sometimes. And we just nibble on the stuff and don't even realize we're missing the best. And so this book has a sacredness to it. It is full of scripture. And don't read past the scripture just to get on to listen to how he explains it. Stop and ponder that. There are some of the richest prayers in these chapters that go along with that. In fact, some of the lines even in your journals, I think, came from some, from some of these prayers and in some of the prayers I've been praying this week. There is truth about the glory of Jesus. In my own personal life, I have struggled with... Um, overeating being a sin. It's been a lifelong journey of figuring that out 
um, Lori and Debbie and I, that we were sharing about that the other day um, out here on the porch. But my prayer became with this book. It's called Seeing and Savoring. I, I love ice cream. And I savor my ice cream. Like, I... When I get an ice cream cone, and I eat ice cream on Sundays, and today I'm having a big old ice cream cone. <laughs> but, um, my husband and I have an ice cream date every Sunday. But I love ice cream so much that when I get my ice cream cone, I'm before I even take the first bite, I'm already sad about when the last bite's going to happen. <laughs> I really do. That's how much I savor it. But the Lord showed me with this title even, it spoke so deeply to my heart, and I wrote it in the first, my copy at the beginning of, Lord help me to be that way with you like your truth to be so rich to me that before I even start I'm like oh no this time's not gonna last long enough it's gonna be over I'm not there yet there are times I am but I'm not anywhere near that I still love ice cream way too much but I want to learn how to savor Jesus and and to savor his glory and I really think this resource is such, such an amazing tool. One that I think I will use. I, I finish it and I start it again. I, I'm like on my fourth time through. And it, because I, I've missed so many, it's just so rich. And so I really encourage you to use it. One last thing that you'll see in the, in the um, bag is this card. And it is an invitation from Established Footsteps for you to join in on an online Bible study that we are running this year. We've been going since January, but you literally can jump in at any time. Multiple people in this room are part of the Meditate study. One of Martha is, Debbie is, uh, Jessica is, Julie is back there, Anna is, yeah. And one of the beautiful things, Jessica and her 12, just turned 12 year old daughter have been doing this together all year long. And Ellie has grown like crazy. It's the simplest of studies. It's just six movements. One day you read the scripture, the next day you copy it, the next day you ponder it. We give you tools to do that. The next day you pray it, the next day you listen to a YouTube video where I teach on it, and the next day you share it. And the next week we start with a new scripture, but we work within a theme. And the beautiful thing is, and we did this on purpose, starting this month, and in November, and in December, it's all gonna be scriptures about Jesus. Right now, we're doing the I Am Statements of Jesus. And starting tomorrow morning, if you go home and you subscribe, it's a free subscription today, you'll get an email in your inbox that's gonna take you into the I Am Statement where Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. And, and you'll have a sheet there to just walk your way through. It can take you 10 minutes a day, or it could take you two hours if you wanted to. You can really make it the simplest of things, but it's movements to help you meditate and to marinate in something all week long, and it's free. You don't have to do it for the rest of the year. You could go back to some of the other months. They're all there, and we have many other Bible studies on our website that we would love for you to just access. We put tools and resources out there mostly for free, we can't do these weekends for free, sorry. But mostly for free, we put things out there for you to have resources to be in the throne room and to just see the glories of Jesus. So lots of resources so you can experience your front row seat. We love you, ladies. And we pray that this weekend has just been an amazing experience for you and that you will always know. You can always look up and know that Jesus is on the throne and have hope. Jesus is alive. He sits on the throne and there's so much hope in that. So I want to invite you for one last moment, just a very brief moment, even if it's just a couple lines, to write out a prayer, 
a response to Jesus. And you might want to say, Jesus, we're gonna, I'm going to say this now, but later today I'm going to come back and we're going to really, like, I'm going to just let you know, you know? I'm going to really respond to the fullness of the weekend. But take just a moment now. I know our time is limited.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What a joy. What a joy. Ladies, at this time, if you can actually go ahead and uh, get into a large circle. I know this space is a little tight. We're going to get creative. Go around the back. This is how we like to wrap things up. So get in a circle and we'll go from there. As you get in this circle, we're going to pass this, this little um, container around. And it's got those sister prayer cards in it, ladies, okay? So just take the one off the top and pass it. And we want to encourage you to take that home, okay? Take that home. Ladies, if you can take that prayer card home and pray for that person. In regard to Jesus upholding that thing with the word of his power. And as you get the contact information, I think some people even wrote their contact information on, you might want to let them know, hey, I'm praying for you. And just listen as the Holy Spirit brings them to mind. We're going to pray now, ladies. We've been praying corporately all weekend together. We pray in our journals, and then we pray collectively together. And I just ask that as that bucket goes by, just pick that out. Just kind of tuck it in your pocket. Don't forget it, okay? And take that home and pray over that. But let's just close out our weekend here together in this prayer. Oh, Jesus, your glory fills the heavens. And this weekend, God, it has filled this house. It's filled our eyes. It's filled our hearts. It's filled our souls. And Jesus, we stand here today on this Sunday morning grateful, God, basking in your glory. It has been so good, so good to get our eyes off ourselves, God, and to gaze at you. So I pray, God, that you would move each one of us forward with eyes fixed on seeing your glory and living in it and looking for it every single day. We were made for that, Lord. How gracious and kind of you to make us with that longing in our hearts because you know that what you have is so good. And so we long for it. We look for it, God. Christ in us, the hope of glory, your word says. And your word tells us that we with unveiled face are beholding the glory of the Lord in the throne room. And we are being changed from glory to glory. And Jesus, I pray that we've been changed this weekend. That it has been like miracle grow on our lives, Lord. On the inside of us as we've taken every moment to set it and gaze upon you. Jesus, you have a beauty about you that we will continue to look at for the rest of our lives. When we look at you, it's like seeing the sun and knowing it's full of light. It's like tasting honey and knowing that it's sweet and not sour. When we look at you, there's just a quickening in our souls that you are the glorious Savior. Lord, the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the hearts of unbelievers so they cannot see the glory of Christ. But it also tells us that you said, let light shine up out of the darkness. And your son, Jesus, is that light. He has shown into our hearts the knowledge of you. And we say, thank you. Thank you. We have seen the radiance of his glory. 
But we know, God, we know we walk out of here with a smile on our faces, women on the lookout. There is more to see. So we're leaving with eyes wide open on the lookout. Move us forward. Make us radiant with your glory, God. Make us radiant, women, as we see our King Jesus seated on the throne. What glory. What glory. And all God's people said, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ladies, one last time. We're going to go out with this dance. So give it all you got. All you got. All right? Get your space. Do your best. And here we go. Ready? All the glory like Jesus. Savior shining bright. That's how we do, how we do.